the New Zealand Tech Podcast. Brought to you by Gorilla Technology. Proactive and strategic IT. Greetings and welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. We are at episode 455 and today we have Sean Tyndale from Spider Tracks on the show. Welcome along, Sean. Hi, Paul. Nice to be here. Long time listener, first time caller, I guess you could say. <laughs> well, it's always cool having uh, having listeners come on the show and you know we've had a, a, a bunch uh, through the year and uh, you know we had Chris Quinn uh, from Foodstuffs on uh, earlier last, uh, the beginning well, about this time in, in August, and yeah, you know, we I guess we have quite you know quite an interesting bunch of, of listeners, and mm. really all you know manner of parts of the the technology community. Uh, probably a, uh, you know from what we can tell from audience surveys and so on, a, you know a lot of listeners that are you know fairly deeply involved in tech, but then others that are yeah. uh, you know chief executives and the like that want to keep up with the play on on what's happening within the sector, and and then uh, you know a few people who maybe sort of outside of the, the the tech sphere in terms of their employment, but they like to keep up with the play on, on what's happening tech-wise. So um, always working to try and uh, make sure we, we, we cover bases adequately yeah. to keep everybody yeah, I think engaged. you did a great job of that. Oh, thanks. Well, maybe we can start um, by hearing from you a little bit about you know what you do and where you fit into the, the tech uh, community yeah. in New Zealand yeah. and, and um, yeah, your current role at, uh, at Spider Tracks. You've been involved in technology for uh, a long time, but uh, it seems like a, a pretty yeah. cool uh, um, outfit in terms of what, uh, what, what they're doing. Yeah, oh, definitely. I definitely can consider myself very lucky to be part of the spider tracks team especially at this point in time where spider tracks is about to sort of kick into a new phase of product development and and push forward again in a really um, quick and firm way so that's always as a a technologist exciting to be part of Um, and I I lead the technology function there so um, I come from a pretty traditional software development background and I'm, um, as I say, fortunate enough to look after a bunch of um, awesome engineers, both um, in the software domain and we also manufacture our own hardware. And we're really, um, Spidertrix is really about safety, aviation safety, in particular in the light aircraft um, area. We look after a lot of, uh, 60% of our client base are light aircraft mm. um, helicopters, yep, as yep. well as fixed wing. And um, we... We've traditionally been very much on the SOS sort of tracking, um, incident alert kind of side of things. And our new phase of development that I alluded to before is very much on how do we work more on the preventative side of things. We've got 10 million hours of flight data in our platform and we want to unlock the value of that data to give our customers a lot more insights into how they can actually prevent incidents and uh, avoid risky behaviour in the av- aviation space. Really. Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah, I mean, I can I can imagine that that would that would make sense to anybody that's that's flying an aircraft, whether it's a you know, helicopter, aeroplane. If you can if you can link this data together, yeah. and and whether it's yeah, teach pilots, uh, you know, things that you can tell from that data, whether it's to tell, you know, maybe you you can tell that. In, in some subtle way, an aircraft isn't maybe operating quite as consistently as it normally does, yeah. and uh, you know, I, I guess those scenarios where an aircraft 
does go down, you've got that data and you can then tap yeah, into exactly. well, you know, what was what, different what, about this flight? Yeah, and, and can, can you learn, learn from that from for this? future? Exactly. What can we learn from this to prevent it happening in the future? Mm. A lot of the mission profiles that we look after. Um, with our customers are flying in very remote, um, risky profiles, such as the outback in Alaska, where people might be using aircrafts as their primary form of transport, and they're sort of, you know, cowboys in a way, weaving through the um, the the huge mountainous terrain. There, it's obviously a pretty risky profile. So, if there's things that we can help nudge them in the direction of, in terms of um, safety and certain sort of behaviours um, that we can sort of coach them away from, why wouldn't we do that? Because, Fantastic. Yeah, we want to prevent, at the end of the day, we want to prevent incidents so that our users don't actually have to use our SOS functionality. Yeah. That, that would be the ultimate goal. Well, and, and, and this is, the, you know, I guess where I see with you know, drawing on data, uh, using machine learning and, and AI, would, you know, it gets pretty exciting, I think. Absolutely. Yeah, the, 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 there's always sort of this narrative around, oh, we're going to all lose our jobs to, you know, to, to robots and mm. automation and so on. But there are, there are actually so many things that we can do that just... Uh, you know, have a positive impact on whether it's people's working lives because you know monotonous parts of what they do can can lessen. They can do more interesting things, but uh, you know when it comes to actually being able to improve safety, that's uh, that's really hundred cool. percent. I think AI machine learning it's it's definitely going to be a huge focus of what we're doing at SpiderTracks, and we see it in many many industries. And um, there we're fortunate enough to have a lot of that um, taking off. If you pardon the pun, here in New Zealand, um, but we shouldn't be scared of it. I no. think it's very much a multiplier on the human capability. Right, um, humans are always going to want to solve bigger and bigger problems. We always have a, a real drive um, for making our lives better and solving these problems. And the tools. Are Getting more sophisticated, and we'd be um, silly to be scared of them. I think so. Uh, yeah, I, th- I, I think so. I mean, we, we we've got to observe and 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 make you know wise decisions along the way, and mm. it certainly is possible to to go off in tracks that um, you know might might not be uh, so 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 good. But uh, yeah, it's an area I've been discussing a little bit over the last couple of days. I was uh, doing mm. the, the opening keynote at a conference for the Chartered Accountants uh, uh, Australia New Zealand uh, focused on fraud and forensics uh, awesome. this, this week and it's actually you know, fascinating conference but it, you know of course artificial intelligence sort of really you know bubbles up as, as, as one of those areas uh, that people are very interested yeah. in and so I, you know, I put up this uh, a, a slide and and talked about a prediction that came out about two years ago that by 2037, we supposedly there only be you know maybe 19 accountants uh, left. 19. <laughs> wow. So uh, so you know I, I I spoke to that and um, I, I guess it's 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 fair to say that um, that's it's probably not quite my feeling on it. But look, looking out 20 years is pretty hard for anyone to do. And uh, uh, somebody shared. With me actually something uh, yesterday that they had come across, which was some some predictions. I think from uh, one of the uh, cybersecurity uh, firms and predictions that they were making, you know, just a couple of years ago. And yep, some of it was down the right track. Some mm. of it were things that they were predicting, yeah, you know, didn't, didn't didn't seem to be kind of uh, uh, yeah relevant just just yet at least. So. It's going to be fascinating to see what roles 
or new categories in industry are created from this technology. Mm. I envisage my daughters who are five and seven possibly stepping into roles that you and I couldn't even imagine today. Mm. Mm. So it's going to be really exciting. Yeah. yeah, But definitely definitely take your point. We do have to um, approach it with both eyes wide open and be... And be sensible, but I'm I'm definitely of an archetype of a um, technologist that's pretty enthusiastic about these things. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's that's good. Good. Um, just checking in on something technical there. Make sure uh, that listeners can hear me. So, well, let, let's jump into the, the the topics for the for the week. Uh, and there's there's always lots of news going on. Oh, one bit I will will discuss just briefly. There, there were some really fascinating uh, topics at the uh, at the conference, and some of them, you know, quite closely tied to sort of fraud mm-hmm. and forensics. Uh, some of them, you know, I guess. Uh, a little bit more sort of broad and, and educational, but there was um, New Zealand police there, uh, CERT, NZ, uh, yeah, varying people from sort of you know other uh, business capacities, uh, a serious fraud office. So there were you know a whole range of perspectives that I wouldn't usually yeah. get to hear, and uh, yeah, there really, really, really was. Uh, it's quite yeah. a serious crowd you had there. Yeah, well, yeah. What, what, the, what, what was the discussion like over yeah. beers afterwards? Yeah, I mean, definitely <laughs> some some interesting chats. Uh, you know, so, the, the things going on over over you know lunch and and and. Um, so on, but one of the, the sessions that I heard today was uh, from New Zealand Police, and look, some people will know this, and they'll know a lot more about it than uh, than I do. But you know, the uh, the situation of crypt, uh, Cryptopia in Christchurch, mm. who uh, got hit, and uh, you know, a whole lot of uh, funds were you know were, were technically you know, not not funds I suppose um, crypto cryptocurrency that, that mm. disappeared I think in the direction of, of thirty million was the the figure mentioned but at the time when that happened um, I really was keen to hear a bit more but without spending and and having. Uh, a lot of time to put into it and try and yeah. you know go through networks and, and find out who had sort of an inside word. Um, really, all I was able to draw on at the time was what was going through the mainstream media, which there was very very little mm. was uh, that was shared. So yeah, it was quite interesting, um, you know, hearing uh, the um, New Zealand Police sort of perspective on that and, and yeah. some other other bits and pieces. And um, yeah, it seems like the the FBI has been uh, you know quite. Yeah, quite involved with that one. Uh, partly because they had some um, yeah, server servers in in the US, so that gave that that US connection. Yeah. And it sounds like over the next, yeah, probably in the next few weeks, we will uh, uh, we will hear something more in terms of you know the the those yeah. involved police, what have you, will issue. Um, you know, some statement on 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 um, you know where where they've got to, but it, you know, it does seem as though they've got a, a pretty good handle on uh, you know who was involved, who got in there, got the I guess the you know, uh, private keys to, uh, uh, to 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 people's cryptocurrency, and were able to then you know control it and fire it off in whatever direction. Uh, got a handle on where those people were from. Um, 
Not quite sure. Not quite sure on that one. There was one of the things that they shared where you know they knew exactly who the parties were that were involved mm. and so on. I'm not sure if that's the case here, okay. um, but we'll certainly see a bit more of that uh, that that picture. Um, it's going to be interesting, out. isn't it? Yeah. See yeah. how that unfolds. I was actually quite surprised when you mentioned sort of the blast radius of that. So thirty million. Yeah. Did you say that's yeah. that's yeah. not insignificant? No, I mean a very small percentage of it would have been you know New Zealand. Right, maybe True. maybe yeah. you know one percent of their customers, mm-hmm. and yeah, he went through the you know the I guess that look you know this was this was too uh, you know people with an interest in cryptography and and in cryptocurrencies that sort of got interested they they happened to jump in at the right time mm-hmm. they, you know they picked. Uh, that altcoins were something that were that were you know, growing in popularity, and people needed a way to be able to trade those and yeah. and and uh, and launch initial coin offerings, ICOs, and yeah. and so they jumped in there. At, at, you know, at a convenient time, they weren't business people with with experience running business. It was just a little, I guess, it started as a little sort of hobby fun project on the side, mm. and by the time they you know they fell over you know, hundred uh, around a hundred staff, wow. and drawing. On advice and 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 guidance from all sorts of people that you know, I guess you know, saw and looked at maybe areas where they where they weren't looking very competent and offered mm. advice and and uh, yeah, and some of that stuff probably didn't work out uh, too too well for them. Yeah. And um, you know, po- possibly that gives some answers to whoever you know got in and and was yeah. able to uh, uh, you know. Take hold of of uh, of that currency and uh, and and run off with it. If you know, if effectively, yeah. um, I'm, you know, I'm not I'm not too sure on those those bits and pieces. But um, yeah, apparently the, the police have about a uh, I think he mentioned around fifty people sort of working on these you know cyber type uh, yeah. situ- situations. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that they can't. Um, they, they you know can't necessarily uh, touch and and uh, and focus on because they're only they're only so big. Mm. Um, I think um, well, maybe I'm assuming this. I had a feeling that he said he was based in Wellington, but I couldn't yeah. be off with that. But but their team went down to help basically the the local police yeah. in in, uh, in Christchurch with a Cryptopia situation to to support them. Uh, through it, and um, so that's sort of what tends to happen is, you know, local the local uh, team will do their work and then and yeah. then draw on um, uh, on that cybercrime unit where where appropriate. Well, it's going to be interesting to see you know what shakes out of this and get some insights into perhaps the level of sophistication we have in policing cybercrime mm. in New Zealand because mm. it sounds like it's very much on the bleeding edge this particular um, attack. So yeah, yeah, be- I mean just. Uh, uh, I mean, I guess this, yeah, people got to have wisdom. If you've got cryptocurrency, then you know you you want to hold the keys to to that stuff yourself. Otherwise, there's you know at, at, there's a reasonable chance that you're going to lose uh, lose control of those funds, right? Yeah. So, um, a little 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 bit like these um, uh, other other scenarios we come come across where we've people want to have your internet banking passwords or or other passwords not uh, not 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 an ideal position to be in you certainly no. put yourself at, at risk um, and but yeah over the course of a couple of days with the varying people that were uh, that were speaking there, there were certainly some fascinating insights some some of which 
um, you know, people I guess traditionally maybe aren't hearing so much about in the in the media. Uh, one that I can't reveal the sort of details on because the it was said, hey, please don't share this outside of the mm-hmm. room. What uh, was on uh, a New Zealand uh, organisation that got tricked in one of these invoicing mm-hmm. uh, scenarios where. You know, someone was obviously shadowing a uh, a purchasing discussion over quite a period of months, and then um, inserted themselves into the into the communication chain without it being clear that you know they were they were actually yeah. uh, not 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 the uh, the party that was supposed to receive the funds. Everything looked as though it was continuing as normal, and um, yeah, I think yeah. it was in excess of a million dollars in that particular case that they that they so, went into. And there, there seemed to be a whole bunch of these things going on, and a lot of them. Obviously, you know, don't come out because you know, most people are too too embarrassed to to Absolutely. share uh, well, too too much detail. Touched yeah. on an angle there where perhaps there's a social engineering aspect to oh, this particular case, yeah. which yeah. is, um, I'm sure, many New Zealand businesses feel potentially vulnerable or a little bit anxious about that because we can, you know, we've got all these fantastic security tools and security organisations that take a very technical stance on yes, on right. security, but at the end of the day, we're humans interacting with technology and the uh, potential there for us to be manipulated is very high, isn't it? So Yes, yeah, well, one, one of the areas where I don't hear too much about is the, uh, the, the, the romance Fraud, oh, yeah. those mm. sort of those sort of scams. Uh, you know, so I gave it a very small mention in, yeah. in my keynote. You know, and I made some comment along the lines, "Oh yeah, and this stuff even happens in New Zealand." It was kind of a little bit of a uh, you know a throwaway comment, and uh, and then the panel discussion that they had this morning, they sort of said, "Oh, you know, there was this reference yesterday saying it happens in New Zealand," and they're saying. And, you know, they didn't quite say Paul Spain doesn't know what he's talking about, but they were saying, hey, this, this is this is a really big deal in yeah, New Zealand. Wow. And there are a lot of people that are losing money that way. And, yeah, it's, sad, it's, isn't it's, 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 it's makes a you angry huge if you thing. Too, big impact too on our economy. It. Some mm. people losing north of, you know, north of a million dollars. Uh, you know, mm. they, they lose their life life savings and, you know, off sort of older people that get pulled in. And then, yeah. you know, I guess, you know, one of the things for me with, with speaking was trying to, I guess, encourage the audience that uh, by Getting this stuff right by you know, understanding how we can use technology better to minimise uh, these sorts of crimes, it actually can save New Zealand a lot of drama and have a really positive mm. impact on our economy. Because oh, you know, what happens with these scams is um, there's just there is so much money just floating out in New Zealand, and and yep. some of the predictions I think are suggesting that. By 2021, there will be nine trillion dollars uh, that's you know, basically disappearing, you know, courtesy wow. of uh, cybersecurity you know, wow. type, uh, you know, cyber crimes in their in their varying forms. That's a you know, US. I think it was a US dollar figure of, of six, wow. six trillion, which um, with our current exchange rate would be would be actually well 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 above nine trillion yeah. New Zealand dollars. If you break that down, that's um, well, it's, you know, it's over a thousand, a thousand dollars, you know, for every every person in New Zealand. So, you know, 
billions and billions. And of course, you don't know who to believe in terms of these predictions and the, and the numbers mm-hmm. that are being lost at the moment. But it's fair to say there's a huge amount that goes unreported because yeah. people don't like don't like talking about it, or they realise, hey, yeah. what what benefit would there be? In discussing those things, and yeah. I think uh, some of the agencies like CERT are actually really keen to encourage more reporting, so there mm. is a better view. Oh, absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Well, that's quite scary. All right, so let's move on to the, <laughs> uh, uh, the, the, the other topics. Um, Waymo uh, back in the, the news again, and in fact, I, I read a couple of things uh, this week around autonomous uh, driving technology and and the, the I guess the reliability um, aspect so mm. yeah w- Waymo's taxi service is um, is improving but the figures are somewhere in the um, depending on you know where the testing is going on 30 to 40 percent sort of below satisfactory um, yeah, d- yeah. Dis- dissatisfaction and and yeah i guess they're rating on anyone that doesn't give a five-star review on a ride and this is their autonomous you know uber-like service mm. um look you know we're not catching uber it's always a five-star unless you know unless something hasn't hasn't uh, mm. hasn't worked right so yeah i think they're, they're measuring in an appropriate way um the the more extreme case i think was uh GM and there was a, a figure uh, shared that suggested that GM's autonomous uh, testing in the San Francisco area um, that the indications were that those vehicles were 10 to 20 times uh, less safe than a human wow. driver. <laughs> And we've sort of been told, yeah. hey, you know, this autonomous tech, it's uh, it's it's going to be so much uh, so much safer. Yeah. Uh, it's really good. So whatever, I don't know what GM are doing or, or whether those figures were just, uh, you know, way out and, and, and someone's got the wrong end of the, the stick there. I still think the promise is there. The promise is positive. Uh, and the thing around the Waymo story was that those numbers are improving. Mm. So I think it was in Arizona they'd gone from a 40% dissatisfaction to a 30 uh, in the San Francisco area where uh, Waymo, I think, just were, were taking Alphabet, you know, slash Google yep. uh, employees only on the journeys. It was it was still around, uh, you know, 40%. So it's heading in the right direction, but yeah, we've got a way to go, haven't we? Alphabet employees were a bit bit more uh, candid and brutal with their feedback. Oh, fair enough. interesting. I had a bit of a browse <laughs> through it before coming here yeah. today. And, um, yeah, it seems the sort of the theme I picked up on some of the feedback was it seems there's quite a difference between just in an engineering sense getting a car from A to B and then actually having that be a comfortable enjoyable experience for a right, human being right, yeah, sort yeah. of the UX of it wasn't perhaps quite there it's still a bit jerky a bit of a poor user experience <laughs> yep. when, uh, when 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 a vehicle suddenly, suddenly breaks it didn't kill me but yeah. it breaks suddenly but the computer thinks that's fine right yeah. because yeah, yeah. we stopped we avoided collision or we got you to A and we're here now we'll jam on the brakes and yep. or we talk a 
like lot, cutting it took a humans. long way or we you know i guess there's so many scenarios that can lead to yeah. to lead to dissatisfaction so you know it, it's possible actually that that they're in a very very good position from that safety perspective but yeah. still i, I hope that satisfaction i hope on. they get there yeah. as as i mentioned before my definitely my bias and archetype is very kind of progressive on the technology side of things yeah. so i i can't wait for the day where i order a car from my phone it pulls up at my house and takes me to work or wherever i want to go and i don't need to own a own a car anymore i think that would be a great world to live in if we get it comfortable and safe etc yeah yeah i mean that that, that sounds uh, uh sounds pretty good to me and and yeah, for the pieces can really line up on sort of mixed modes of of transport as well so you know we're appropriate we we, we might be uh you know, sitting on a bus or a train for part of the journey and on yeah, know, other yeah, other true. sorts of things you get that uh, that appropriate balance and you take you know vehicles off the road at times other times it's uh, just going to be a you know a, a single car um now also, very much related to this is the story of uh, Anthony Lewandowski, if I've pronounced his mm. name right, roughly uh, there, uh, who, of course, was um, in a very uh, senior role with Google's driverless uh, car technology. Uh, then he, he moved out from uh, there to found his own company, Otto, uh, which was doing driverless uh, trucks and... Uh, and then on to Uber, who who acquired um, Otto. Now, during during that process, uh, he was um, uh, he, he got in a little little bit of trouble, and it was suggested that he had wandered off with uh, uh, with a bunch of technology. Mm. Uh, or, or uh, data from uh, you know from 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 Google, and that he had taken that with him to Otto, and and then that it ultimately ended up in the uh, uh, in in the hands of Uber. Mm. Uh, looks like they must have some some pretty uh, firm evidence on that because he's uh, he's he's been uh, he's been indicted now and uh, yeah depending on the on the on the results of. Um, this, um, yeah, he he might be disappearing away somewhere for you know for quite quite, quite some time. Yeah, it's um it's definitely one to pay attention to. I think if you're a an engineer, um, I was actually thinking about this over recent days, and um, it's 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 a tough spot you can be in as an engineer sometimes because there's quite a drive for the open source ethos and, and sharing intellectual property to. Um, kind of rise the tide and you know rise all boats um and there's very much that sort of ethos in software development but i think you know as a software developer engineer you need to be just cognizant that there is a very firm commercial proprietary aspect to these things at times and that ethos you know there's definitely um uh, a border to it i think that you've got to be aware of and so unfortunately anthony's Appears to have stepped over that border, um, which is a which is a shame for him. Um, and clearly, the story isn't over yet. I, I kind of thought it was over with the the settlement that it, um, I think um, Uber had with Alphabet with a bunch of stock. That yeah, they, yeah. They settled on, but it's it's still ongoing. So we'll see where it gets to. But I think it's certainly one to keep an eye on. And and um, like I say, I see. Yeah, I've seen in my career some engineers sort of shuffle up to that border of the sort of 
the free software and and proprietary side of things. And mm. I think there's just you know some lessons to be learned there. Yeah, and uh, there was an article that Wired uh, pub- published about um, Lewandowski, and uh, yeah, quite quite a quite a fascinating read around how he put himself at the at the centre, you know, of that industry, and uh, you know how how as a uh, youngster he spent his childhood in uh, uh, in, in Belgium. And uh, moved to the US at, at fourteen, and th- there's a picture of him uh, in two thousand and four. You know, at a at a at a reasonably yeah reasonably young age, I I, I think that he he was uh, then, and um, he he was with. Uh, with a, a group uh, called the the Blue Team, started by uh, you know, classmates that was competing in this DARPA uh, Grand Challenge, and had this uh, motorbike that was you know I guess basically sort of geared up to be able to navigate mm. and uh, and and be all autonomous. Now you know I think it crashed in a you know. Uh, only a very a very short way into uh, a potential uh, 142 mile uh, uh, race, but you know it was uh, it was enough to obviously really draw him into into that uh, autonomous uh, space, yeah. and also to uh, to get him some uh, some some attention. And uh, um, yeah, I think he first first got involved in in, in 2004, and and then went back from. Um, uh, for, for for more and that you know the the, the story uh, go goes on, but um, uh, that sort of speaks to me a, a little bit around uh, you know, the way that ad- youngsters getting involved in varying aspects of technology for a bit of fun at a young age can really carve out a you know some oh. a great career for themselves. And uh, um, you know, I think it's common in a lot of spaces yeah. in technology today. Those that are doing really well are those that just just started as a as, yeah. as, a, as a as a fun thing to do, right? I'm slightly biased on the topic, of course, but uh, it, it really is a case. I think of um, nudes conquering the world in yeah. some respects, yeah, right? It and it, um, <laughs> I think engineering and um, tech and software development and, and those sorts of territories are an amazing industry um, for people to get involved in. There's such a demand. Um, there's so much still, uh, so much room for innovation still and mm. to make a name for yourself if, if you're that way inclined. Um, I think it's a, a tremendous place to be but I am biased yeah. and I am lucky enough to look after and support a bunch of folks like that but um, yeah it's, it's it's a shame that um, Anthony's taken the, the wrong turn there and I wish him all the best he's obviously got a brilliant mind um, and he's done some cool stuff um, yeah but some words of wisdom there, yeah, from you as well in terms of just, yeah, being being, being cautious just, around yeah, be intellectual uh, intellectual property, and we, we've certainly seen absolutely. that sort of stuff happen before. Uh, in this case, obviously, very, you know, very very high stakes game with billions of dollars, uh, you know, many billions of dollars at play across the varying firms, and uh, uh, but we saw a case we actually talked about on the podcast last you know few weeks with uh, somebody in in New Zealand in the. Uh, architecture area who uh, you know, 
happened to to take a, a little bit of information you know from um, one employer onto um, on onto the next and it, it got mm. into a you know, a terrible amount of hot hot water and I, you know I think you know there's, there's there's a bit of this that has sort of you know gone on and people have got maybe a little bit relaxed ab- I think so about it of oh yeah it's okay to take this and that little bit nobody's gonna you know nobody's gonna bother uh, and, and care about it I mean we've had had it happen in our business you know quite some years ago I remember you know coming coming across uh, you know something uh, that somebody else was doing outside and sort of join the dots between an ex-employee mm. and, and so on and you know it's um, Sometimes it may may not feel like a big deal at all to the other person, but when when you've actually invested the money for a, you know, yeah. a particular piece of IP to yeah. to be uh, developed and then see it sort of uh, you know that that coming back at you from another direction, um, that's um, it's not, th- yeah, not, and I not think the best. I think we're only going to see more of it, you know, mm. with the knowledge sort of economy growing and growing, and what we're doing in technology being firmly in there. A lot of the, the assets that businesses have is IP, right? It is mm. ideas, it is designs, um, approaches to solving problems. Mm. They become assets mm. of modern knowledge economy organisations. So yeah. I think as they become more and more valuable, industries you know continue to move in that direction. We're only going to see more of this. So I think all the young engineers out there just, just think about it Um, sharing and being enthusiastic about what you're doing is really great but um, you know when you step into the commercial world there's some 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 things that change a little bit Um, and I think if you can get some good good mentorship around you to guide you on on that enthusiasm to keep driving it but stay stay safe yeah um, I think that's important Yep, yep. And, you know, if you're thinking, oh, can I take these templates, this, that, whatever, you know, it could be something very light when you're leaving an organisation. I mean, just just check, right? Um, if in doubt, and, check, you know, absolutely. Get it, get, it, get, it, get it signed off in writing that uh, uh, the person with the appropriate authority has said, yes, that's that's fine, you know, for, and and if they say no, then and just you know leave it leave it at that. Yeah, um, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, look, I think most organisations are are reasonable. You know, they they weigh it up and um, um, so on. And you know, uh, some may just be very blanket black and white. And mm. I mean, if that's if that's how it is, you're much you're much better just to roll with it than uh, um, than than. Yeah, potentially get yourself into uh, into trouble. Now, um, an article that you shared with uh, w- with with me from a couple of days ago was a- around a whole bunch of companies, about ninety different organisations, mm. who have uh, been commenting on this um, um, potential regulation in the US. Aimed at uh, softening up the rules or, or changing the rules around self-driving vehicles, to uh, in, in part to the point of vehicles not having to have a steering wheel in them, for instance. Um, yeah, and, I don't know how I felt about that when I read it because yeah. they clearly seem to be banding together to create a, I don't know, a new category. Um, of regulation yeah. that allows yeah. them to maybe work around some of the legacy or historical um, angles that all vehicles are subject to now and maybe that's to help sort of fast track um, what they want to do in the industry but um, as a consumer 
um, potentially stepping into one of these vehicles in the future. I don't know how I, f- I felt about the lack of controls or an inability to, to override. I, I've mentioned a couple of times I've, I've considered myself, you know, obviously very biased in the technology with my background. Um, so, you know, an early adopter of these sorts of things. But that additional kind of human safety net being removed, I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, I mean... I guess there's there's this aspect where legislation often is just way behind. Mm. And uh, this morning, actually, um, the Privacy Commissioner, John uh, John Edwards, was, uh, was, was talking. And he was talking about this new legislation, the privacy uh, legislation that's uh, uh, that, that's coming, you know, coming in and and uh, um, being um, being. And you know that'll be be enacted, and he's saying you know, hey, it's it's great to see it being refreshed because the the laws were so old, but it's you know being refreshed to sort of a, a 2012 kind of <laughs> yeah. you know level, right? So it's still going to be a long way behind. Yep. And then I read something the other day around um, automakers wanting to take the uh, the wing mirrors off their off their vehicles, oh, and yeah. um, uh, Tesla, I think, when they first unveiled the uh, the, the Model X in the US, it didn't have wing mirrors. It had cameras, and mm. you would you would see yeah. on the display, uh, you know, what was happening of the, the the view that a wing mirror would normally give you, and you know, a motivation there, you know, especially with electric vehicles, is how we improve the efficiency. But I mean, that's relevant to any vehicle. Mm. But when you've got uh, you know only so much uh, so much battery, it can it can certainly make more more of a uh, a difference. And uh, it's actually legal in a number of, you know, a whole bunch of parts of the world, Europe and, you know, so on, uh, to have vehicles that don't have a wing mirror and they yeah. get the same result with a, with a camera. But it's, it's not legal in the U.S. because of the legislation. Interesting. So, Interesting. Uh, you know, I, I think it, you know, it's good that they're having these discussions and, and start, you know, planning, planning things out. Yeah, in terms of getting rid of rid of um, you know a steering wheel and a you know a brake and all that sort of stuff, I th- yeah I think that's inevitable with with some vehicles at some point in time, and at the point where those things do disappear, I guess I wouldn't be so concerned around control because I imagine there'll be there'll be some other aspect of control whether it's I hope a, so. um, you know whatever whatever that may be, or, although there is something. Very nice and comforting around, you know, complete control, which is, I guess, what the what the steering wheel and accelerator and 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 brake give you, right? And yeah. we've we've seen incidences where things have happened in, in you know, somewhat autonomous uh, vehicles, and there might have, there could have been a difference with with the outcome potentially if you didn't have you know mm. that that chance but um to completely control but but these things will will, yeah. will evolve i'm sure and i would i would hope that by the time they start taking that sort of stuff away there's uh, you know they, they, we really really do have an environment where the vehicles are just so much safer than human you want driving the tech to be in that, a pretty good that, space that, by then. Uh, that we can relax about it right um, i mean as we do and and yeah, there's a whole lot of airports in the world where you jump into a, a little train that just goes backwards and forwards on the same track or around a loop, whatever whatever they do, on, uh, and and you just jump in. There's no driver, and you know that's that, that, that's so safe. Nobody even uh, even thinks about mm. it. But um, yeah, we're, we're, well, I, I hope, don't know if we'll get quite that. Far. I hope we get there one yeah. day. Yes. But I just feel I don't know. Maybe it's the 
the, the control freak in me. I hope not. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I just feel like there's this intermediary step that I would personally like to get used to. Yeah, yeah. Um, where I had the illusion of control, at least with the steering wheel, maybe. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> fair, 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 fair enough. Um, now, just shooting through some some of the other um, things we had on the uh, on the agenda, um, Australia is is looking to um, basically through internet service providers and and you know varying channels that they'll have open uh, to them from a governmental uh, governmental level uh, to block domains uh, that carry extremist material uh, during terror attacks so yeah I mean uh, an, an interesting um, position I mean there, there, there's really has been a you know a whole lot that that has come um, out of the um, the Christchurch you know shooting mm. situation uh, and 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 this is certainly is as part of that um, not necessarily very uh, easy to do but I you know, I, I, I certainly, you know, don't think that we need to have you know, uh, terrorist crimes being sort of glorified, and mm. you know, videos floating all around the web and being live streamed, and 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 so on. So, you know, the, the the concept of it makes sense to me, but you know, how you actually do that, can you do it quick enough, and 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 so on, is, yeah. is probably there's a you know bunch bunch of challenges there, and uh, you know, governments can have good intentions, but. Uh, not necessarily you know, understand the impact of their actions at times. Yeah, uh, it has to be done. I think, unfortunately, we we unfortunately live in a world where not everybody has the best intentions, which is a bit sad. Well, very sad. And I think it's it's fair to to lock down the accessibility to, frankly, some of this, this disgusting content at times. Um, and. I, I just I just wonder how realistic it's going to be to to fully lock this down because well you, you, know, you can't it, can you that's you uh, can't. I guess that's that's the bottom line is the whole lot every of things second that person can, seems that, to have that, a VPN that, that they nowadays can do, right yeah. there's, there's always a way around it yeah and it could be as as simple as a bit of content on a USB stick yeah, that's true that gets that gets passed around or uh, you know ends up on a on a uh, a VCR tape. Some of our younger listeners may not know what I'm talking about here, um, but uh, you know, some some old old school technology yeah. to carry, carry that data um, or uh, yeah, what have you. So yeah, but uh, look, yeah, I mean, generally, I you know, I see there's some um, there's 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 wisdom and experimenting and 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 continuing to review yeah you know, these these issues. Yeah. Um, but th- there yeah. can be, you know, there can be. I think um, it's yeah, a good sometimes move. it's just not it's just not possible to achieve what they're looking for. But maybe it cuts down sort of ninety percent of the exactly, the and that's great. What have you? So, I think that's yeah. a good move. If 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 people, if there are, is there a, if there is a subset of the population that wants to engage with this sort of material, they will. They'll find a way. Mm. Um, but I think you know measures to to block the general accessibility of this sort of thing so that the, the if there is possibly a accidental stumbling upon this sort of content um, possible I think you know the, the, that just shouldn't be possible in the future um, so hopefully you know at the very least this mechanism can 
you know, put protections in place in that domain. Mm. But I, I personally don't see anything happening too soon where, you know, the folks that are really motivated to engage with this content would, would be blocked mm. from doing so. I, I don't know how that's going to happen right now, but we'll just have to watch the space. I think it'll move pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. And then, the, you know, there are the, uh, the other discussions to be had around, you know, f- free speech and, you know, how to mm. being careful we don't we don't impede on on quite reasonable rights you know i mean it, it would be there you know some discussions that 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 we've probably had on on this podcast over the years that you know, may have got us into into mm. into trouble if we were in certain states because we we you know maybe criticizing what a, what a government yep. does or you know how a country operates um, the leadership and and and, yeah. and and so on and um yeah, look, we've 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 got to be we've got to be careful, uh, you know, who has the power, and and just you know mm-hmm. ta- taking away that ability for people to have uh, have discussions as well. But so the Australian example we're referencing there was pretty ambiguous. The um, what content would be deemed objectionable? Mm. It was very ambiguous, and they're sort of clearly fast tracking this legislation. So it's going to be interesting if the legislation can keep up with some of the technical mechanisms, Mm. they might be able to get out a bit Mm. quicker. Mm. But yeah, with great power does come great responsibility, doesn't it? Mm. Um, Now, Intel have uh, expanded their... uh, Their 10th gen Intel Core mobile uh, processor range, which that headline in itself doesn't uh, doesn't sound particularly exciting. And look, I, you know, I think it's it's fair to say that um, you know there's been a been a, sort of bit of a boxing match going on in a way between uh, uh, Intel and um, AMD as their sort of arch rivals in terms of producing um, processors for PCs and and for laptops. And you know, it's great seeing. Uh, AMD so much more competitive again. Yeah, uh, they've certainly had a had a you know good number of years there where they weren't particularly competitive, but they're um, they're they're in a good place now. Um, the interesting thing to me is um, actually was uh, was triggered. I saw. I mean, there have obviously been media releases and so on from Intel, but I saw uh, around the same time uh, announcements around. New ThinkPads coming coming through from uh, Lenovo with these new tenth mm-hmm. gen chips, and yeah, just curious because most of the uh, most of the laptops that are out there and, and available for sale through uh, vendors are running eighth gen uh, chips, and it's almost like we're sort of skipping from eighth gen. There's not a lot with you know, there's not a lot available that's got ninth gen uh, chips in it, and then we've got tenth uh, gen ones sort of yeah. coming through. So maybe I haven't been watching uh, you know watching the space uh, uh, closely enough, but. That's certainly what I, you know. What I've noticed in terms of what's available, certainly in the local uh, New Zealand market, but you know the new gen of, of chips, are, you know, getting more power efficient, uh, more performance. You know, the laptops be you know, commonplace with uh, six cores in them. Mm. You know, only what two, three. Certainly, you know, four years ago, uh, you know, unusual to find a laptop that had more than two, you know, two yep. cores, and yeah. and and now, you know, six will become the the norm. Uh, these ones have got the next gen uh, Wi-Fi um, in it. Um, we, we were using the, the the technical term, I think, um, 802.11ax was the term there for a well while. Done. Wi-Fi <laughs> 6 seems to be the current yeah. uh, term, and in brackets in the press release I saw it referred to as Gig Plus. Um, so, you know, there's some, there's some good stuff coming through in there as... Um, 
as well as uh, Thunder, Thunderbolt uh, 3 becoming sort of uh, norm as well, which has some, some nice advantages. So, yeah. you know, it's all, um, you know, I'm sure some listeners that sort of sounds a little bit like, um, um, yeah, tech speak and doesn't necessarily mean much, but you know, ultimately... The, the competition that we're seeing between Intel uh, and AMD means we, we're going to have, you know, better devices, um, you know, whether they're on our lap, which seems to be where, uh, you know, most of our PCs uh, the, these days, they're, uh, they're pretty mobile, better battery life and, uh, you know, the ability to, to be dealing with, you know, whatever, wherever you need some power, whether it's, yeah. you know, doing video editing or what have you you know those capabilities just getting uh, just getting better and better and if you don't need a lot of power then hey a lot of battery life so it's all, all around it's all good isn't what's, it what's the cliche as uh, con- consumers the winner it's all good for the consumer right. this yeah. arm wrestle at AMD and Intel have yeah. been in for years and years and We'll see if um, Intel managed to catch up because there's certainly at least a perception there behind right now but yeah, um, but we also have going going on. I guess there's this sort of undercurrent of um, the uh, sort of trade wars and you know what's happening between China and and mm. the US. Meds New Zealand dro- dollar has has really dropped, mm. and we haven't seen too much of the evidence of it just yet. Uh, but you know, I've noticed over the, over the last month, um, you know, our, our dollars with uh, maybe. Uh, well, less than ninety percent of what it was, say, you know, around a month ago, mm. roughly, depending on where you, you know, where you draw the lines and and, and so on. So, actually, the cost of uh, laptops and PCs in New Zealand market is, I mean, dramatically higher than than, than what yeah, it, it was. Looking yeah. back a, you know, a few years, there was there was a time there. Um, you know, PCs were maybe uh, you know two thirds of the price that they are um, today, mm. and you know, we haven't even seen that exchange rate sort of thing flow through into the market yet. But yeah. um, hey, now now uh, I guess uh, you know the, the point is there. Now might be a good might be a good time to uh, you know to buy you know, looking at some some technology from a perspective of hey you don't need all those those newest features there's obviously some nice stuff that's going to be coming through in the the next generation of uh, of devices over the next next six months but um, yeah quite likely that we'll see some uh, some cost increases on technology Absolutely. I think um, I heard that yeah the Tesla store locally was telling people there'll be a three percent uh, Price price rise um, hitting maybe as soon as uh, there were some references to Monday, which uh, I don't think happened, but uh, they they may they may well have uh, uh, hit the market already. So yeah, I mean, and it wouldn't be out of the question to see prices on some technologies you know rise ten percent or more because of just how weak Mm. our dollar is, and then you add into that. uh, the the impact of those extra imp- import taxes uh, of yeah, technology Trump, that has Trump's to go by, by the US, right? Yeah, <laughs> can influence exchange rates that, that's in the true. world economy. It's absolutely um, true. Yeah. So, yeah. Are you advocating that we should all rush out and buy as much tech as possible, <laughs> just in case. Always, that's always my recommendation. Any day is um, a good day for no, additional tech, isn't it? No, I mean, <laughs> you know, we. we 
to to a degree. I mean, as a society, we we probably spend, you know, we we invest in so many things that we don't need, right? So, um, look, it's important to talk about these things and 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 look at the good side, but you know, recognise that there there can be a dark side to uh, to it as well. So I'm I'm not you know t- telling everybody that uh, uh, yes, we should be. Um, uh, blow, blowing all our cash on the late, <laughs> on the late, on the latest tech, even if it is good, good fun. Yeah, um, it is good fun. Yeah. All right. Um, now, what else do we have to uh, discuss before we hear, hear a bit more around uh, what's happening at, at, at Spider Tracks? Oh, there were a couple, couple of other headlines that were run through uh, quite quickly. Um, actually, I was I was talking to uh, somebody last week and saying, "Oh, you know, I've, I've, they're a, um, a business client of of of, uh, of Gorilla." And um, we, we just you know they 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 use a, um, a, a chunk of Microsoft Surface devices, mm. and they were looking at some some bits and pieces. And I said, "Well, I'm, I'm pretty sure we'll be seeing some new Surface uh, devices coming through from uh, from from Microsoft. We'll probably see some announcements in the uh, in in the weeks ahead." And uh, I think it was probably within 24 hours of that, uh, I, I saw a headline saying Microsoft have announced. Um, a, a surface event coming up at the beginning of October in New York City, where they'll be. It sounds like announcing new, uh, new, new hardware. Yeah. And, and look, this lines up across the industry with, um, you know, what we heard Lenovo and, and others launching uh, devices with the new chips, and mm-hmm. um, so there, there'll be some. Um, Probably some some positive changes in Microsoft's lineup there, and and potentially even a, a new form factor. Or so this or is the, the rumor mill saying this is potentially the introduction of their dual screen product, yes, yeah. which could be quite cool. Um, and it's quite. I was just doing a little bit of reading on this before yeah. we we met today. Um, there's definitely seems to be this convergence of the tablet world and the laptop world. Um, I actually don't know many people that use a tablet day to day I have to be honest um, yeah I, I, I used mean, there, to there seem to be there seem to be a lot of people using the that um, certainly the Microsoft Surface type form factor I mean at the moment I'm using the um, the, the Surface book yeah. uh, from from Microsoft just been getting a feel for it um their gear has got really good and really robust I think over the last uh, I don't know. The, the certainly the the probably the last the, the latest iteration of of the hardware they've released seems to be a lot more stable it's, than we were seeing nice. in the earlier days. Mm. Their docks now, um, which was a was a big shortcoming from them, mm. they mostly address those sort of reliability issues with firmware updates. Uh, as you saw someone the other day commenting on. Oh, this is rubbish! And they had a, a photo of w- what happened with their their dock, and they'd had a they'd, a dock that had never been actually updated, and they ran the updates, and then something oh, okay. that was you know was working well. Um, what doesn't tend to happen is that that with the surfaces, and there are yeah, obviously other very very similar products from um, from others, or you know through the, the way to Apple. Is unless you're using, say, the iPad Pro, which you know seems to be first and foremost a, a, a tablet. Mm. Um, the, the sort of the Windows-based ones, most people are using those more like a laptop, yeah, uh, than than a, than I a just tablet. Think the lines are just so blurred nowadays. Like I, I, I used to, like I said before, I used to be a very heavy tablet user back around what was it 2012 maybe, and then I, I got my MacBook Air. Um, which I'm going tablet you're right going tablet? now as we speak. Oh, good stuff. I've Prove just, me wrong. I've just taken the uh, the keyboard off the uh, the Surface Book, and I 
I think for me, I just forget to do it. Sorry, okay, to interesting. Well, to yeah. me, I, I just what's the the um, when I first got introduced to tablet, it was, it was I have to say I got into the hype, and this is you know I, it's a you know the next big thing and a new category and all that kind of stuff, and I jumped on it. It's the one and only tablet I've ever bought was back in. Uh, 2011 I think iPad 2 maybe and I've never bought another one personally mm. um, because I've had this wonderful MacBook Air which mm. is so much crossover in my opinion yes, anyway yeah, yeah. so I don't know and you see um, Apple announcing recently that they're going to be able to run um, tablet applications on Mac OS X so there's definitely sort of convergence at the software level as well yes just looking forward to that announcement that they'll support touch screens yeah, <laughs> yep. They just sort of join up the dots. That, right? Yeah, yeah. They, they're, that's the next step. I hope as well. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, I I have to say I'm of recent years. I'm probably coming through here. I've been a bit of a, a Mac fan for mm. many years. But of recent times, seeing what Microsoft are doing with their hardware is it's looking pretty beautiful. Actually, it's 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 a nice bit of tech. So I have to admit, I have been tempted. So I am keeping an eye on this announcement and. If they find that sort of sweet spot, which is the rumour of the convergence of tablet and laptop, be it dual screen or whatever, it'll be interesting. But uh, I am in the market for a new laptop soon, so who knows? And I'm keeping an eye on the exchange rates, like you mentioned before, yeah, Paul, so I yeah, might well, you, be I rushing mean, out soon. There, there's a <laughs> level of sticking with the ecosystem that you're most comfortable with, which I think is a, is, a, is a big play. Um, we had... at um, Somebody that sort of shared online how I sort of just love all the Apple stuff, which I didn't realise myself. Um, um, I mean, I I yeah, like to sort of look, I guess, through a, a fair lens at all of the technology. Um, I did, you know, I spent a good chunk of the last year using MacBook uh, MacBook Pro, and it works well. Um, you know, currently my primary phone is um, is Samsung, but I, you know, still still. Uh, Usually carry two phones at at least two phones at any time because I'm I'm trying out something new as well as what the the, the usually the current uh, uh, sort of main uh, you know leading leading devices are on on the Apple and uh, and the and the Android uh, front. But I think we're in a position where there, there is a you know again going back to that competition thing. There's, there's a you know there's a good level of competition and. Microsoft sort of place where they you know they weren't a, a, a computer manufacturer really mm-hmm. you know other than other than selling the uh, the Xbox I suppose as a as a console with a lot of computing power and um, you know they just weren't in that space only a, a short number of years ago but it's been very interesting to see where the, where they've landed mm-hmm. and look if they can come out with another uh, form factor this you know a dual dual screen type device that 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 works. Uh, then hey, nothing wrong with that, and um, you know I think it will be, it'll be, it'll be good. But we tend to sort of find what works, and then the whole industry sort of you know settles mm-hmm. on it for a while. Um, the, one of the companies that's been spending a lot on their, um, um, how do you, how do you put it? You know their. Uh, efforts to to be to be seen and noticed for their their products uh, is Dyson, who have been you know really interacting with a lot of media in New Zealand recently. Um, but they've tried to be this firm that that goes into a space and sort of mm. uh, reinvents, and that that's probably been the thing that I um, you know have enjoyed most when when I've been invited to an event with them. 
is is just sort of looking and 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 looking in and it's getting a little bit of a handle on how uh, a business can come in and 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 re rethink whatever it, whatever it is. I mean, they you know they've got this hair dryer that's the you know, best part of a thousand dollars, and I'm <laughs> sitting there you know sort of scratching wow. my head. Uh, uh, a little bit, but they've done something that's kind of different, and there's enough people in the market who, you know, appreciate what it is they've done differently that 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 means something, and you know, it probably helps move the whole you know space along. I mean, you look at their their fans, right? You know, nobody was making a fan like what they've they've yeah. made, and they've come in and 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 changed that market a little bit. Yeah. Um, and look, if 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 uh, Microsoft can have a bit of that impact that they never ever had before uh, through the devices they they bring in, look, that's that's good. Um, yeah, Apple, you know, have clearly you know really you know, created many groundbreaking um, you know products over the years. I, I'm I've been enjoying uh, the innovation coming out of Huawei over the over mm. you know over, mm. over recent recent years. Um, and and um, and um, yeah and. and um, you know, somewhat sort of you know, two minds around what's been happening to them through uh, uh, through the American actions. But you know, if that's borne out that they really you know have been a, a, a dodgy firm, then absolutely you know mm. block them, shut them down, the the whole lot. Um, just not sure if that's all, pol- all all politics or or not. But anyway, long may the innovation continue and Let's um, cross our fingers you know, that. Yeah. Microsoft have a good trick up their sleeve. Yeah, what yeah, is it? October. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and there were yeah, a couple of other um, uh, headlines. Just jump into. So Huawei are going to launch their next sort of big, you know, their big, big um, phone, their Mate Thirty uh, this month. I think the announcement is in uh, Germany on the nineteenth of uh, September, and. Google are saying, hey, you know, we are not allowed to supply them with Android, so there will be no Google Play Store and Google Maps and, and mm. whatnot on that device. So, um, look, I don't want to delve into that a whole lot on this, you know, t- today, um, but we will certainly be watching that announcement and it's going to be very interesting to see how they approach it. They've obviously got things figured out as far as the chips and other bits and pieces that they've either pre-bought stock of or what have you. But from the software perspective, uh, they, they, there seems to be a block there, and either they're hoping to to, to get around it between now and um, you know, th- th- when they launch the phone, if they make an announcements on the the nineteenth, I, I, I you know either they're going to make an announcement that says here it is. Uh, but Trump needs to do something, otherwise, you know, we can't release, release it in all its glory. Uh, that's, I, you know, I don't know whether that's realistic or they are just going straight ahead with, hey, this is going to be the same as the phones we release in the Chinese market, which do not have Google Play Store, and there's a bunch of things that, that won't be available, but we'll have an alternative store, yeah. which will give you most of the things you would get through the Play Store, the Facebooks and Instagrams and, um, you know, bits and pieces, but those that rely, you know, deeply on, on certain Google elements uh, might not be there. So, um, yes. Gonna, yeah, they've got a big mountain to climb there. It's going to be interesting. I, I, I got no idea how they're going to well, approach may, this. Yeah. It's, it's going to be maybe they're just, it's just going to be an experiment to see what they can do because this is the this yeah. is the landscape at the, at the moment. Um, the, the other uh, headline... 
that was uh, or story that was shared with me was around and and again we won't sort of dive into it too much because I want a little bit of time to talk about spider tracks uh, was a situation of uh, someone coming into uh, the US and having their visa revoked at the border after their social media accounts were inspected which mm. um, and and the and the the feedback um, to them was that it was based on things that their friends had posted that was anti-American so not even the person that was coming into the country posting it but their friends were posting stuff so on that basis uh, visa revoked so this is kind of the the new world that we're in right where where dots are getting joined up a you know a little bit more than they ever have been uh, in in the past from we were told that it would get it would become compulsory to share your social media accounts going into the u.s the last time i filled out the uh uh online uh sort of visa waiver thing that the the esther application though which was just in the last few weeks um those fields to fill out your social media was still optional uh, but it seems like uh, yeah if you do fill that out or they go ahead with with you know what we'd heard was you were going to be forced to hand those over mm. um, they, they don't like what you say you could be uh, you could be refused entry and and I look I, I imagine we'll see that in in other countries uh, too with governments that are either you know very uh, focused on their own security and and don't care about the the bad uh, or they're weighing that up versus the the negative press um, and then your your countries that um, you know are maybe not so you know free in terms of uh, uh, um, thinking and and what gets discussed uh, in the media lack of a free press and and so on you can imagine uh, you know that, that could well be uh, the sort of thing that we that, that we see in uh, yeah the likes of china and, and it's uh, all so. uh, uh, our lives can be a bit of an open book nowadays can't they as um becoming privacy becoming less and less of a thing um interesting thing with this story is the sort of the the guilt by association there where it appears that um, I forget the, the individual's name but it appears like they haven't necessarily done anything themselves just associated with you know a bunch of people who have been perceived to be the wrong people yes yes and that's affected their their movements so that's that's interesting that's really interesting and um, it'd be interesting to see how far that goes in the future but seems a bit tough to me on the surface yeah um yeah. Um, it's a pity. Mm. So um, that's sort of the end of end of our news. But yeah, I was keen for us to hear a little, a little bit more around um, yeah around spider tracks. Um, so the, the business started out. Tell tell us what we, I mean. You're new, newly involved, but yeah. how how did it come about in the in the first place? And what was sort of the the early uh, you know technology that um, that started the business? Yeah, about um, I think twelve thirteen years ago now. Um, there was a, an incident actually in Raglan where a, a helicopter went down early into the flight, and um, Unfortunately, it took two weeks um, to find the wreckage for the aircraft, and um, you know it wasn't by want of uh, a lack of effort. Um, 
uh, search crews were dispatched, but they were unfortunately looking at the wrong end of the country. Um, I, th- I believe this flight was going down Wellington sort of direction, and um, unfortunately um, crashed in, in Raglan. So it took, um, I believe, about two weeks um, to find the aircraft. Unfortunately, um, the pilot had perished, which is really sad. But then our... Um, um, this was a bit of a spark for our founder, James McCarthy, um, who thought back then oh, there's got to be a better solution to this. In the 2000s, it's simply not good enough that somebody can um, go missing and ultimately perish um, after two weeks um, in New Zealand, which is a first world country. So he um, sprung in, into action and produced this um, what we call the spider, um, which is this cool little little box that um, uh, is always live, always tracking where light aircraft are. And it's a very easy sort of clip-on installation, so low barrier of entry for customers. And, um, yeah, like I say, gives gives a solution to always live tracking. And the theory being to eliminate the possibility of this, this tragic incident that I mentioned before. Right. And what is it, is it using a sort of um, satellite yeah. um, net, network to uh, communicate? So it doesn't matter around traditional cell coverage and the, and the, yeah, and the likes and correct. obviously GPS component. Yeah, so we use um, the Iridium. We're heavily integrated with the Iridium um, satellite constellation. So in theory, we have complete coverage of the globe for our data connectivity, which is obviously an advantage with our safety mission that I mentioned before. So it means you can export anywhere in the world too, doesn't it? Like yep. you know, it's, it's, it's uh, relevant. Yeah, I believe uh, we at last count. Uh, I saw the stat the other day. I think we're active in 105 countries Fantastic. around the world, which is really cool. Um, and it's great to be part of a little New Zealand company with that sort of wide impact. Um, yeah, and the the company's traditionally been about sort of the the real time tracking and detection of an event, right, an SOS type event. And um, that's been great, and that's um, we've had some great success along that journey. And now we're rotating our focus much more onto the preventative side of safety, where you could argue that, you know, historically the product is sort of the, the ambulance after the fact, um, and we want to actually be much more, you know, up, at the front and, and preventing those incidents and helping our customers so they actually never need that um, SOS functionality. So there's a big um, you know push in our organisation to, to pivot our focus to extracting um, value out of our customers' data to see what we can learn about risk profiles of flights, um, detecting risky behaviour that we can alert operators to, um, and then also helping our customers with some of the, the regulatory forces creeping into the industry as well um, around actually needing to to have um, uh, flight safety quality programs in place that are backed with um, data. So we, we're going to be part of that. We are part of that today. And um, we have a good starting point. We currently have, uh, I think it's at last count, about 10 million, although I'm not literally counting it every day, but 10 million flight hours logged in our uh, in our platform. So we, we think we can do a lot with that data. Um, and then we also have some very interesting um, initiatives in our hardware space. So we, we still develop our own hardware here in New Zealand, um, which is pretty cool. It's actually the first time I've been involved in a, a, hard, a company with a hardware component um, within a team that I look after. So a bit of a learning curve for me, have, having traditionally come from the software background. But we have a, a tremendous um, hardware team that are um, deep in R&D 
zone right now and um, we're excited about what's coming up next year that I can't go into too much the detail of but there's some um, really cool things just around the corner so it's a really great time to be part of Spider Tracks and this new sort of um, evolution of the company we were really wanting to double down on extracting value from our data um, that we have from our customers be much more on the preventative side of safety and then um, doing a lot of interesting things I'll just say coming up in the hardware space so yeah great it's, it's great as a, as a techie as a product development person um, being able to support those folks and, and grow that team is, is really exciting so I'm about um, just over four months in and it's been it's been wonderful right. it's been a great experience so far how many people are involved in the in the business right now Spotrex is uh, about 40 folks in total today um, and we've got probably about two thirds of our staff um, team members in New Zealand um, so we're HQ on K Road here in Auckland and then we have um, a bunch of um, members of the team around the globe in places like South Africa both coasts of the US and um, and um, Australia as well, um, and yeah, quite a distributed workforce as well, which is which is pretty cool. Yeah, um, and growing and growing. So we, I'll, I'll be a bit of an opportunist here, Paul. We are looking for great engineers and great team members to join the team. So if anything that I've mentioned today sounds interesting, we'd love to talk to you. Um, right, great. But it's 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 a, yeah, it's a good it's a good place to be. And um, how's the business sort of being funded in terms of you know growth? Is is it yeah. you know a business that's, that's sort of able to self uh, fund now, or or you know do you have uh, you know some some external channels or there opportunities for people that maybe you know have a little bit of knowledge of the space and would want to invest? What do you know about that front? I know it's probably not your not your uh, natural day to day thing being involved in, but so any, yeah, so we we. Um uh, we're bootstrapped today, so the, the company um, is in a, a healthy position to, to fund its own development um, in R&D. There, um, you know, there, there may be some things on the horizon about us wanting to slam the foot on the accelerator and, and push really hard and, and leverage that success that we've had so far. So um, we, we certainly wouldn't shy away from any folks interested in an investment or or go that far excellent <laughs> excellent oh that's uh, that, that, that's good to know I know we have uh, we have some listeners that are involved in uh, in that space so uh, yeah oh that, that's great well you know, thank you very much for uh, for coming coming on the show and we'll certainly look forward to hearing more more about the technology and uh, and growth and and uh, development for, for spider tracks uh, going forwards yeah thank you Paul it's been great and not, little... nice to know you. You're only just around the corner, so it's, it's maybe not not uh, not too hard when you're not too busy to maybe get you back on the show or someone else. From, oh, it'd from be the a pleasure. Be a pleasure. Yeah. I've, I've yeah. enjoyed it. And thank you yeah. so much for having me, and and keep up the the great work. I promise I wouldn't embarrass you, <laughs> but you're doing you're doing really well. And 455. It's a great accomplishment. I'm looking forward to. So 500, you're going to have to throw a big party or something. Yeah, well, um, you know, on that front, I, I should mention to listeners, we've been talking this year uh, about our move to bring some um, some partners on board with the show to, to actually help invest a bit more into how we produce the show. Some of the uh, changes 
we've already really started working on, so people might notice some subtle changes in the show. Uh, but we've been working on bringing on board some partners to uh, help with behind-the-scenes research for the show, uh, the production side. Uh, today we've got... Um, Two members uh, um, of the the team uh, from Gorilla and Podcast New Zealand, sort of working uh, behind the uh, the desk there, handling the audio production and the and the video streaming, which is you know is really cool. Um, and and so yeah, there will be there will be more changes uh, afoot. And this month we will be announcing who those initial. Um, companies are who have said look we're, we're right behind what you're doing we want to be uh, more actively uh, involved uh, and I think look I you know should say that we're you know I'm, I'm very I've been very cautious we're you know well over eight years into the show now and we've been very limited in terms of any um, sponsorship aspects with uh, with the show I wanted to go about it in the right way that was going to uh, actually add to add to what we mm. put out there for New Zealand audiences to consume rather than it being something where there's all this branding over the show and there's you know all this sort of sponsored content and it and it taints the content so, so you're certainly not going to be wearing a whole bunch of merchandise and hats and t-shirts and I don't know if I get paid enough money I think yeah. uh, you know a, 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 um, a logoed hat probably wouldn't uh, um, you know, wouldn't offend listeners anyway. Um, <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, that, but there will be certainly there will be you know will be some things coming through. Uh, always welcome feedback. So, thanks to everyone who's who's um, you know filled out our survey. Uh, we will also be doing a little bit of a, a giveaway for those that have um, you know helped contribute to uh, the 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 uh, refresh and um, yeah. So so you know. Keep a, keep a watch out for that. Now, the other thing was that I thought was interesting, um, Sean, was when you, you know, came in, you were like, oh, well, this is, you know, a cool studio space and mm. so on. And I mentioned some of the other shows and, and things that go on here. And, um, yeah, I think, you know, maybe, you know, the listeners don't don't realise wherever they, they sit uh, that the podcast New Zealand Studio, which did originally start out, you know, many years ago as, uh, the, you know, this room that we're sitting in was my office, but, you know, now it's all soundproofed and, uh, you know, we've got multiple cameras in here and, and you know, a lot of uh, technology. Uh, this is a space that, you know, anybody can, uh, can rent uh, and it's not just the space, you know, it comes with where appropriate I mean some people will come in we have interest.co.nz for instance who come in each morning and, and record their sort of you know short uh, newsy show we have um uh, you know, varying organisations that use it uh, in, in in different ways, and um, I, I guess it's you know, fair to say we get a lot of inquiries. We're still working out exactly you know who are the right people to um, uh, to, to work with, um, but certainly you know on these you know commercial uh, entities, we can usually find a way in which we can we can help them out on the production side or mm. you know the use of a studio and so on. So if there's anyone out there that's uh, that's listening in and thinking oh my organization needs to uh, produce a podcast to you know maybe communicate with with internal staff as a communications mechanism or uh, you know you've got any 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 uh, thinking down that podcast uh, track well, you know we would certainly love to uh, love to hear from you so we'll put that out there. vouch from a guest perspective that it's been a good experience nice and comfortable great um, good good crew there helping us out today you, you boys have done wonderfully well. Um, 
definitely worked hard for us today. So good job. <laughs> thanks, Gary and Christian. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, well, thanks, everybody, for uh, for listening in. We'll be back again with another New Zealand Tech Podcast uh, episode uh, next week. And uh, you know, do feel free to get in touch uh any time um, via email or through the social uh, media channels. And I'll mention it again. I mentioned it last week. Most weeks we are tending on a Tuesday afternoon to have a live stream going out on the New Zealand Tech Podcast page on Facebook. So if you do want to catch the show a little bit sooner than when it's uh, available through your podcast app and you happen to be in a position uh, to consume it that way, then, uh, hey, very nice to uh, connect with you. Um, we're, we're trying not to sort of lose the focus of the face-to-face discussion. So at this stage, we're not in a position to respond to any sort of live comments on on Facebook. We, we I know we did, um, in some of the earlier days of the podcast, we did respond to, to live chats. Uh, we haven't had too much feedback saying that people really uh, wanted, wanted that, so it's not something we're currently doing, but uh, we're always open to, uh, um, to, to feedback, certainly Certainly, I am, and the, the others involved. We, you know, we we want to uh, keep uh, delivering content that's uh, that's useful and of interest. So, yeah. Well, that's us. Thanks, everyone. Yeah. Catch you again next week, and uh, thank you, Sean. No problem. See you, Paul. Thanks Cheers. for having me. Bye. The New Zealand Tech Podcast, brought to you by Gorilla Technology, proactive and strategic IT.